2: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gilda's Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the United States and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. As CEO of the cancer support community, I have seen firsthand that cancer impacts not only the person that has been diagnosed but everyone around them. For this reason, I was particularly struck by Broadway star Jason Danielly's announcement that his wife and fellow Broadway star Marin Mazie had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, in which he opened by writing, quote, I am referring to a particularly tough journey my family has been on over the last five months, and the strong, positive center of this journey is my wife, Marin. We are honored to have with us today both Marin Mazie and Jason Danieli to talk about their family's journey facing cancer, uh, sharing with us their perspectives as patient and caregiver, husband and wife, in other words, as a family, uh, let me introduce them. Marin is a critically acclaimed performer, having earned three Tony Award nominations, among other accolades. She starred on Broadway as Helen Sinclair in Woody Allen's Bullets Over Broadway, for which she received the Outer Critics Circle Award. Marin's other recent Broadway credits include starring in Next to Normal, opposite real life husband Jan- Jason Danielly. She received Tony, Drama Desk, and Olivier Award nominations and an Outer Critics Circle Award for her performance as Kate in the hit revival of Kiss Me, Kate. She also received Tony nominations for Ragtime and Passion. Her other Broadway credits include Enron, Spamalot, and Man of La Mancha. In addition to appearing in a multitude of Broadway shows, Marin has performed in major symphony halls, cabaret, and concert venues. On May 3rd of this year, Marin took over the lead role of Anna in Lincoln Center's spectacular production of The King and I. Welcome to the show, Maren.
3: Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Jason is an actor, singer, concert performer, and recording artist. He has appeared numerous times on Broadway, including leading roles in Chicago, the visit in which he in which he starred with Cheetah Rivera and Next to Normal with Marin. He originated the role of Aaron Fox in Curtains, uh, receiving an Outer Critics Circle nomination, as well as the role of Malcolm in The Full Monty, which he also performed in London's West End. Jason made his Broadway debut as the lead in Candide, and his performance earned both the theater the Theater World Award and Drama Desk nomination. And as a concert soloist, he has appeared with many of the country's leading orchestras, including New York, Boston, and Philly. Pops, as well as the Los Angeles and New York Philharmonics. He has also appeared on television in many PBS Great Performances and Live from Lincoln Center programs. Jason is also a writer, with his essays appearing in his blog called The Danieli Digest. Hi, Jason. Hi, Kim. So I, I want to add that Jason and Marin have performed together in some of the most uh, prestigious nightclubs in the country. They also recorded an album of duets called Opposite You, and we had the opportunity to spend some time with them and honor them at the Cancer Support Communities Gala um, in New York uh, just last month in April. So, yeah, yeah, it was a great night, wasn't it? It was. It was was so beautiful. We had a blast with you guys. Um, So we have a lot of uh, territory that we want to cover in our conversation today, and I know you guys are pros at this, um, but Maren, I want to start with you um, so congratulations on taking over the lead um, in the King and I and I have Thank plans to, I have plans to come and uh, come up to New York and see you. I'm excited about that but uh, how does it how does it feel to be back to be back at
3: work what's it like? It, it feels absolutely amazing I mean I couldn't sort of the the show came about is just such a gift I, I I received a call on January 7th asking me to replace uh, Kelly O'Hara, who was playing Anna and uh, I said can you wait a day because on January 8th I was finding out if I was in remission or not <laughs> and mm-hmm. I found out I was in remission so then you know, we could go forward and so it's just been uh, returning to work has just been I have to say nothing but joyful I have felt such joy such love I have felt such gratitude um, at being able to get back on stage and the show is so beautiful and the woman I'm playing Anna Leonowens. Owens is an amazing, extraordinarily strong uh, woman, uh, a, a fighter in in so many ways of her own uh, in her own in her own life. Uh, and we you know we take place in 1862. She was a a feminist, a humanist. She just was. For you know, for rights for for all people, and I have such deep respect for her, and so it's wonderful to be embodying someone who's who's so also so strong and and been through a lot in her life, and so you know you can, can you can feel your sort of your lives melding together in a way. So it's just been it's been joyful, and it's a beautiful beautiful production, and my co-star Daniel Day Kim is amazing, and the entire cast is great. So. I can't say enough about the show and how blessed I am to be, to be a part of it right now.
2: Wow. Fantastic. It, it feels almost like it was a meant to be uh, moment, particularly with that timing. In, it definitely uh,
3: in, does. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Marin, I know you were in rehearsal for another show when you started feeling unwell la- last right. year. Can you describe that, that to us? What were you feeling? What were yes. you experiencing? I would, and, um, and I was in yeah.
3: rehearsals for, um, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a series here called City Center Encores Productions and they're very short runs but they do kind of old Broadway shows and they're, uh, you know, wonderful people do it. Last year I was, I was doing the musical Zorba, which is a Kander and Ebb, uh, musical and I was playing the, the character of the leader. And actually the, the day that we started rehearsals, um I, or, I started to bloat up which is something that I never had experienced in my life. I'm not a bloaty person. I don't have like bowel problems or whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. But I started to kind of bloat and become uh, constipated. And, and, you know, it was like the first few days I was sort of like, what is this? And there were people saying, oh, you must have a, you know, maybe you have a little bowel thing or maybe you're having some constipation. And I was like, it's odd for me. That's never happened before. Um, And sort of as the week went on, by the end of the week, as I was still sort of bloating up, I was becoming concerned. We were rehearsing. You know, it's a very short rehearsal period. It's like a 10-day rehearsal period, and then you do the show. Um, So it's very quick, um, very intense. And by the end of the week, I was on the phone with my internist and saying, and he was, you know, he was concerned, but he wasn't overly concerned. He said, well, it does sound like maybe you're just having some, maybe something's going awry in there. And, you know, I took like a laxative. That didn't help. Then by the Sunday night, I called him and I said, there's something going on. And the next day, Monday, which was the, sh- the show opened on Wednesday. So this was a Monday uh, when we were having a dress rehearsal and everything. He met me. He knows he's an amazing doctor, Dr. Timothy Dettis, amazing internist and cardiologist. And he met me very early in the morning. And, um, you know, he looked at me and he said, I, I don't like this is unusual for you, you know. And yeah. so he sent me to have an ultrasound um, of my stomach, which then led to a vaginal ultrasound, which then led to a CAT scan. And um, he called me later that day. I was at rehearsal, and I was actually going to—I had a CD release of my CD, Make Your Own Kind of Music, that night. And he called me and he said, "You have some fluid in your belly, and we have to figure out what that is." And I didn't really—I was like, "Okay, you know, I didn't—I didn't know anything of what that meant." So I just. You know, went on with the day, and I went to the to my album release that night, but I wasn't feeling, you know, great. And then that morning, Tuesday morning, he called uh, early, and he said, you and Jason need to come over, and uh, obviously I knew there was something that wasn't right. And they had, you know, found um, a growth on one of my ovaries, and uh, immediately um, upon hearing this, I just sort of, I remember him telling me, and I just sort of sat forward and went, okay... What do we do? And he already had uh, two names uh, of surgeons at Memorial Sloan Kettering, which is where i, I had I have a, a history there because both my parents have been there, friends <laughs> of mine have been there i've i've gotten people into sloan kettering it's It's an amazing hospital that i've believed in and i 've actually been contributing to them for years, so now all of a sudden there I was going to be at Sloan Kettering so he, he gave me the names of these two doctors, and he knew one of them, and I used my contact at Sloan Kettering, and so that was Tuesday. And that day, I went and did a rehearsal and a dress rehearsal that night, and then on Wednesday, which was the opening night of Zorba, I met my surgeon, uh, Dr. Albert Rustum, at Memorial Sloan Kettering, and um, went through, you know, what, what was going to be the next sort of months of my life, um, starting with uh, a surgery he explained about the what I then found out the fluid was called ascites, and that that was the tumors basically he would say the tumors are weeping that's what they do they and that's how that's one of the ways you discover that you have this cancer um, unfortunately usually when it's discovered it's in a stage four you know already or stage three or stage four um, so uh so anyway, that uh, that happened, and I met with him, and then I went and I did my show that night. And the irony or the, I don't know, the, 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 the character I was playing is called the leader, and Zorba is about life and living life to its fullest and living each moment as it comes and taking and grabbing life. And the character I played, the leader, begins the show. Uh, by saying "Listen to me," and I start by singing the lyrics "Life is what you do while you're waiting to die," and so it was so that that Fred Ebb lyric was going to sort of score my <laughs> my life at mm. the time. It was it was it all had such deep you know it was just very sort of all these symbiotic symbols that were happening around that time, um, and I I did the show. We had six or seven performances. Um, and you know, I had a dress that sort of hid the my belly that was getting bigger, and um, I had a, my leg was numb, and you know that sort of thing. But I knew that I could go out on stage and be lost in the character, and that adrenaline would get me through. And it was very important for me to do it. So I got through that. You know, I got through the performances, and and then you know, the journey with surgery and chemo and all of that started. So,
2: so so, um, Maren, we've only got a, a minute or two until our break Sorry, here. And we're a long time. we're we're going to bring jason you know in in our in our uh, in our next segment to get some of his thoughts but did at any point did at any point you consider dropping out i mean i'm sure our listeners are thinking oh my gosh she's still well, the same that, day that she has cancer and then she goes the and my, gets my on a broadway came. stage you know
3: yeah my agents came and i told them what was going on and my agent said to me you don't have to do this we that you can drop out and i was i said no i can't i couldn't i just there wasn't I knew I could do it. I knew that I, like I said, I've been doing this so long and that I knew that um, my, you know, like I said, my adrenaline, my willpower, my love of performing. And I just thought it was very important that, too, what I was saying and what the show was about was, was, was so sort of the, a way to launch this journey, you know, and about living life to its fullest.
2: Yeah. So. Wow, that's amazing. I think maybe hard, hard for some folks to imagine, but certainly we we know at cancer support community, everybody has to face cancer the way that they choose to do that, and that's going to be yeah. certainly a, you know a, di- a different journey um, for for uh, for every person. So Definitely. this is frankly speaking about cancer. Uh, we're talking today with Marin Mazie and Jason Daniels, Broadway stars, and they're talking about uh, how cancer has impacted uh, their family and what that journey has been like. And uh, we, um, we have a lot more to talk about with Maren and Jason. So um, we're going to just take a quick break here. Don't go away. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We will be right back.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Mealtrain, sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar, to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer, help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit mealtrain.com/mmt and enter the code Magnolia B, or visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org.
3: Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by AstraZeneca and Lily Oncology. I'm Kim Tebeldo, and today we are talking with Marin Mazie, a Tony nominated veteran of the Broadway stage, and her husband, award winning fellow Broadway performer Jason Danielly. Known as Broadway's golden couple, Marin and Jason work together to support each other when. Marin was diagnosed with ovarian cancer last year, and today they are sharing with us their experiences and insights from their journey. Um, Marin, you certainly have told us about. Uh uh, the incredible sort of beginning of your journey, being diagnosed, having your symptoms, being diagnosed, uh, and going on to uh, uh, to perform uh, to perform the same day, um, which is incredible. And as we said before, everyone really has to choose to face cancer their own way, and it's a very personal uh, it's a very personal journey. But um, Jason, I know that you were uh, you were by Marin's side through. Um, uh, through all of this, but really, what were your thoughts and your feelings as uh, you know as all of this was uh, unfolding? What was going through your mind?
6: Well, um, you know, marin's a very positive uh, and strong uh, and strong-willed person, so I knew um, I just needed to be there to support her and make sure that she you know stayed on that sort of. Positive and uh, uh, even keel that uh, she always does, uh, even without my support. Yeah. But, you know, especially going through uh, something like this, you don't know uh, moment to moment how anyone's going to be reacting. And um, it was actually a very, um, uh, very full time in our life. I had just opened uh, on Broadway and the visit with Cheetah Rivera and uh, uh, the late Roger Rees, uh, who at who we knew at the time uh, had brain cancer, and so uh, we were already sort of um, on a on a journey with Raj yeah. as he was performing every night on stage. Uh, probably uh, one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen. Um, and then Marin was diagnosed, and. Um, so it was it was very surreal to be observing someone dealing with this and and his husband Rick Ellis uh, as the caregiver and then to all of a sudden be in our own version of that story um, and actually uh, I think it was Roger's birthday um, that you were diagnosed honey and it was right
3: at yeah it was like the, the birthday. After. yeah
6: like the and day after I uh, Roger and and Rick came with me to see Maron on. Uh, on her performance on that Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, not only was I uh, giving Marin support, but I was ge- giving, getting a lot of support from the theater community and from, you know, Roger you know, asking me every single night as he was trying to make his uh, his uh, you know, lips and teeth and tongue all come together to say the lines of the visit. Um, he was asking how Marin was doing. So it was an incredibly emotional time, um, being supported by those that we let know yeah. um, uh, right off the bat, um, which we wanted to keep it a, a close community because um, you never know how people are going to react to um, uh, an illness like this in, in your workplace, especially in a, yeah. in a workplace that is uh, so um, under the spotlight uh, as show business is. So yeah. uh, we were we were a bit careful for a while there, and then uh, and then we just we knew that not only for our own sanity, but for anyone else out there that, uh, as Maren was talking about, uh, the, the things that we're presenting to her to uh, to make her aware that something was going wrong. We wanted to uh, 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 allow our knowledge to be out there so that other people um, who might be all of a sudden be bloating a little bit, and why, why is this happening? This is strange, that they might uh, figure out uh, or um, gain from our experience and knowledge. So that's when we decided to to go public with that information.
2: Yeah, so talk, Jason, a little bit about that, um, that process. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly think for, you know, anybody dealing with cancer, you know, who they tell, how they tell them, whether it's... Family members, whether it's children, whether it's their employer, you know, and concerns about uh, employment, I think a lot of folks sort of go through that decision-making process. But certainly right. with you guys being in the spotlight, being in the public eye, it's a, it's a whole other layer of consideration. So how did you, you know, what tell us a little bit about that conversation. Just pull back the curtain for us, to, talking to family, talking to friends, deciding to make the public announcement about it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I, I think it's
6: um, – I, I, when Marin's uh, mother and father went through their uh, various uh, uh, individual cancers, I think it's a generational thing on how people deal with that. I think uh, past generations definitely um, were, are a little more closed, you know, tight-lipped about it because uh, the big C, you know, it, it, it was it was something that you know you, you didn't even want to deal with it because it was, uh, you know, it, it's for a long time it was. I perceived as just a flat-out death sentence. There was no coming back from it. Of course, science and and um, technology has has broken such great, incredible ground that it is not people can actually, you know. I mean, people do survive and have survived for many, many, many years. So I think the onus of not talking about it is, is eased up over the generations. And um, but you, we did want to play it, you know, close to the vest for a little while, just to see how things were. So we. Uh, there is um a bit of um just dealing with it on your own, you know just getting the knowledge the information um as husband and wife and how we 're going to deal and what the next step is, let alone okay we 're going to explain it to you know our parents uh-huh. okay now we've got to explain it to our agents and yeah. and having it um go ahead honey, I know but
3: I did. But the, at the very beginning, though, there were, like Jason said, there were a group of people. There was, it was a, wasn't like small. It was like four people. It was a number of people that I'm very close to, that we are very close to in this, in our lives, that yeah. I was communicating with, and Jason was communicating with, and I started because how how my what what played out for me as far as I had surgery uh last year may nineteenth to drain the fluid out of my body. I had you know six liters of fluid in my belly and a liter and a half in my lung, but then there there uh, they wanted to do twelve weeks of chemo prior to my surgery because the cancer had spread to my peritoneum and my bowel and all of that sort of thing. So they wanted to shrink as much as they could before they went in. So during my first, you know, 12 weeks of of my healing therapy, which is what I call chemotherapy, I was writing about it. And Jason, too. I was communicating with people. And I also had my wonderful friends. Because Jason was in a Broadway show, he couldn't come with me. to. I, I had my healing therapies on Wednesdays, and he had two shows. So... Uh, so many of my friends my friends actually were lining up to come with me to mm-hmm. my my treatments and so and i was writing about them to explain to people what they were what drugs i was getting how it was affecting me i would talk about my nurses and so i really was communicating with uh, you know a small group of people who knew that they were in that in that you know club or whatever you want to call it and no one talked about it You know, they only talked about it with me. You know, it was not out. So, um, So we were communicating with people up front. So it wasn't that we were just holding this all to ourselves. You know, we actually had wonderful outlets, and I had wonderful, amazing family and close friends who I was able to share all of this entire journey with. It was just then kind of after, I guess it was, it was right before my surgery, honey, or like right after my surgery that we started talking about, you know, going, kind of going public with it. And one of the reasons was because our, the dear friend that we just spoke about, our friend Roger Reese, had passed away. And um, I was going to go to his memorial, and there were going to be a lot of people in the business there that didn't know anything about what was going on with me. And I didn't have any hair, and I w- didn't, I wanted, I didn't want, pe- I wanted people to know what was happening from us. And Jason mm-hmm. just, we were up at our house, and he sat down, and he wrote this amazing blog, and he then read it to me, and I said, that's utterly perfect. And that's what he put out there. And then that's what the, you know, the Broadway.com and Playbill and the, everybody sort of picked up on. But it was, it was our, we were telling it. So everything that was printed about what my journey was, was correct, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, which was also very important, um, that people knew exactly what was going on and from us, you know. In your own words. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and um we've got a couple minutes until our next break here, but Maren, was there was there concern about your career? Was there concern about getting work? Was there concern about I mean how how much did that factor into the conversation? Because as I said before, you know, for a lot of folks with cancer, they're concerned about, you know, telling their their employer because they think it might I understand. affect their job.
3: Yeah. I feel like I mean, I'm I'm really blessed to be in a community that's very full of love and support, and I'm sure other people have that too. I feel like when, and I really have seen this in other things in my life, when you really are honest with what's going on with you, and forthright, and just saying this is what's happening, people really respond to that. In fact, they really come around you. I think it's the fear of, you know, oh my God, what are they going to think of me, or am I going to lose this fear that you know people get uh, about about, and I get, I understand it, but I feel like the turning inward only, only that's an energy Mm -hmm. that creates that sort of energy around you. Do you know what I'm saying? That sort of like, uh uh-oh, negative, you know, that sort of thing. And I really feel that if you're honest and just saying this is what's going on, people will step up to the plate, you know, because I I just truly, I truly believe that. People will step up to the plate, then nobody's going to say, oh, my God, you know, you have cancer, you're a tainted human being or something, you can't work or do your job, because that's just not true.
2: Yeah, you know, you're reminding me of uh, I, uh, we did a project with um, Diane Carroll, the famous uh, singer and actress, and yes, um, yeah. and she was very hesitant to tell people that she um, had cancer, and um, she she said, you know what, that's it. She said maybe this will be the end of my career, but forget it. I'm I just I can't hold this in. I want to just tell people what's happening. She announced that she had cancer, and then shortly after that, she was um, cast in the show Grey's Anatomy, which was one of the yeah. <laughs> you know most popular shows
3: on television. She said, you know what, yeah. that was. That was my reward that was my reward for following you know, people my rally people rally yeah. because it, it you know people want to you know, that's the thing that you find out is that people want to help you they yeah. they people that love you really love you that's one of the main things that i that was so shocking to me was the the, the amount of love that i felt from my community and my friends and and That people want to be there for you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline.
4: Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com. Or call
4: 617-733-5848. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Insight Corporation, Novo Cure, Taiho Oncology. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and I am thrilled to have with us Broadway's golden couple, Marin Mazie and Jason Danielly. Maren is a critically acclaimed performer and three-time Tony Award nominee who has starred in some of the most memorable musicals on the Broadway stage and London's West End, as well as appearing in many of the country's major symphony halls, cabaret, and concert venues. Jason is an award-winning Broadway actor, singer, concert performer, and recording artist among his many Broadway appearances. He has collaborated three times with the legendary team of Candor. and Together, Jason and Marin have performed in prestigious nightclubs around the country in their cabaret concerts. Marin and Jason made a conscious decision to create a unified front when Marin was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And today, they are telling us about their journey. Jason, um, uh, want to hear a little bit uh, about uh, some of your uh, writing? And I know that's been a really important form of expression uh, for you and all of this. And writing about the the cancer journey, you've you've been. Relentlessly honest and, and raw. I just want to read a short um, excerpt from, uh, from uh, one of your blogs. And then I'd love to hear a little bit about you know why, why this is a, an important outlet for you, why you chose the, the written word, um, you know to express yourself. But let me just read this from your blog. Um, you say, I get it. Life is tough. We have our challenges. Keep moving forward, keep your head high. don't give up. Be resilient, resourceful, and rebound. I thought, enough already. I don't need any more lessons. How many more things can happen to those around me? What can happen to me? Is that what I'm being prepared for? Enough, enough, enough. Tell us, tell us about that and tell us about the importance of this written
6: expression for you. Well, I've always been drawn to writing. I started the blog, actually, um, probably not too long before... Um, Maren was diagnosed and I was writing specifically about, um, you know, being an actor and in musical theater specifically and, and sort of like a uh, behind the scenes look at, at the art form. And, um, and then when, when Maren was diagnosed, that just, you know, he, he stopped thinking about doing something like that. Um, and then as Marin said earlier, uh, we felt like we would have complete control over the, the information being out there and it being cr- uh, correct, and um, all of our feelings and wishes to be um, put out there. So um, I didn't realize that it was going to be this um, kind of outlet, this cathartic um, and uh, uh, salve, you know, a sort of um, a healing process for me as I as I went along uh, keeping um, the public uh, updated. Um, at that particular uh, time, I boy, we just had gone through losing Roger, um, to brain cancer. And, um, and, uh, another friend, uh, who's, uh, who has succumbed to, uh, um uh, what, what did he have on? Uh, it was liver cancer. Um, anyway, it was just there was pancreatic. It, it just seemed like, wow, <laughs> what else could happen? And, um, I was letting it out a little bit by little bit and, um, sometimes you just kind of have to rail against the heavens, Um, (laughs) you know, because you do, you can feel alone. Um, uh, I think it's, I've been, you know, kind of letting the steam out of of my heart, out of my soul uh, by the writing, just um, uh, getting it out there and and hoping that being honest about how I'm feeling frustrated and lost and um, depressed at times, Extremely sad at the same time going, No, you got to pick yourself up because you got to be the strong one, you got to be there for Marin. That just knowing if someone reading that knows that other people are feeling that, that might, you know, relieve the pressure um, that they might have been putting on themselves to be a hundred percent strong and made of iron and, you know, granite. Um, That we're all human and we just have to. Uh, you know, go one moment to the next, and one moment you can be depressed and sad and you can't keep your head up, and just but you just keep trying to lift your head up and keep your head above water um, and moving forward, and that's all a part of the journey. And, um, you know, the, there are lessons to be learned, um, probably more lessons when you're at the bottom of um, what you perceive to be, uh, you know, can't get any lower in life, you know, um, enough of this already. Um, that's when, when you're... Your will, your strength, uh, your stamina is all tested, and um, okay. you see what you're made of. Um. Yeah, and so you, I, I was just uh, yeah. kind of hoping that being honest about it all would 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 help uh people uh, as much as it was helping me to write about it.
2: Yeah. And do you and and uh, and, and sort of what's the uh, what's the agreement between you guys? Do you you know, do you have sort of uh, the green light to write and publish anything you want or is uh Marin serve uh, in a review role <laughs> or
6: uh, how does that work between you two? <laughs> we haven't really discussed it yet. I I was I've just been writing from my perspective, and um, I think uh, you know, Maren should speak for herself. But I kind of feel like, um, even though I'm writing about us, I'm, I'm you know, I think she trusts that I'm not going to give up anything, you know, personal, uh, you know, too raw or personal. And if I am honest about anything, it's always about myself, <laughs> and not necessarily about her perspective because I can't speak for her. But
3: Marin,
2: have yeah, you I, I mean, surprised? yes, I, it, it is sort of that
3: he. He writes, you know, he writes his thing and I read it after it's, you know, he puts it up, he posts it. I mean, the thing that he wrote before, like I said, the thing that he wrote about what I was going through, I read that. But the other things he's just, he just writes and posts. So, but, you know, cause that's from, that's from him. So.
2: And have you ever been surprised by anything he's, he's written either the tone or the, the content or maybe surprised by some of the emotion?
3: Um, I'm not it's not not a surprise. I'm so I'm grateful that he's able to express himself in, in those ways, you know, in that he can like in that particular blog that you're talking about, that things were just happening, all this stuff was literally raining down and and um, I was just grateful that he was able to have that outlet to you know, to express it, to write it and you know, that when when he releases it you know writing it, and then even putting it out there, and how many people respond to it is is uh so you you feel like like i you know I'm big on energy, I feel like the the positive or the you know that 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 energy putting that out there people get it respond to it and, and they can they can learn from it or how- hopefully it helps them too so i just I think it's great I just am encouraging of it
2: yeah, and you know i it just uh, when you guys were you, you, you know, your your comments at our gala were just very moving, both of you. Um, but I, I think that, that your comments, Jason, just reinforced for us as an organization why it's been so important for us for now. Next year will be 35 years that we've been doing this work, that for all of oh, those right. years we've been supporting the caregiver, the family, the loved one, uh, you know, as much as we've been supporting, the, the you know, the patient. And and again, yeah. you know, some sometimes when folks come to the caregiver programs and the caregiver Groups at cancer support community that becomes the outlet for them. That becomes the place and the way where they can express themselves and and really yeah. feel some sense of community and comfort and relief. So um, you know we just we, we, we love hearing both sides of the coin um, as yeah. you guys have you know have faced. Yeah, this. it's
6: huge. My my mother had a brain tumor uh, removed back in ninety two, and um, my dad um, uh, was a, a preacher, so he was he was the support for a whole community of people. Uh, you know, he was always at the hospital supporting people. And then all of a sudden he became, became the direct, um, I mean, this brain tumor kind of came out of nowhere and she went into surgery and I was in Europe travel and doing uh, touring with the musical hair. And they called me and said, you know, mom's going to have surgery. And I flew back and, and it was one of the, the first times that I was so profoundly affected by how this, um, uh, how cancer—I uh, mean, it directly impacted my family, of course,
0: and my dad.
6: Mm. It's the very first time, and possibly the only time I've ever seen him um, cry in front of me and my two younger sisters, just mm. because he was so kind of out there and helpless. His wife, you know, his right arm was in uh, in surgery. And then he's got three kids and then a community of people that he has been supporting. And now he's on, he's, you know, needing uh, support. And I thought, I, I didn't want to leave him to have to go back to Europe. I had to go back and do my job. And um, I, I felt, felt for him tremendously. And, um, and he continued to, um, uh, you know, uh, that it felt like it kind of really took a huge chunk out of his soul. And um, it, I think it's a great, great thing for the caregivers to be supported in that way because yeah. it's a different kind of—it's an emotional um, chunk of your life that you don't know how to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, for me, it's just about talking about it, and, and through that, I'm through social media, Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and re- replies on uh, on my blog. I can un- hear what other people are going through, and they go, "Oh yes, yeah. oh yes, I, I feel for you." My my wife or my husband or my mother or father went through this and all of a sudden they they have a hand to hold on to through cyberspace and they there's just that little bit of their soul that isn't you know lost to the to the universe yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah i think it's fantastic what you're doing for the caregivers yeah i, do. I agree
2: and it's, it's it's it is it's such a critical uh, you know a, a critical part of the uh, you know of the journey and again i we just find sometimes Boy, by the time the you know the kid, you know the patient can say you know I'm done. I'm not going to work today. I don't want to talk to anybody. Shut the door. You know, but the <laughs> caregiver oftentimes just has to keep going and keep going and keep right. going. Keep the family moving. Get the kids out the door. Get the food on the table. And so sometimes you know by the time they get to get to CSC, they get to us. They get to our programs. They just you know just it's just a big um, sigh of relief. Um, yeah. We 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 have about thirty seconds uh, mm. until our next break here. But Maran, I, I just have to ask you one quick question. Um, the
3: son of a preacher man, really? <laughs> Which you know, I recorded on my album "Make Your Own Kind of Music." I got it on there. <laughs> the only boy who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. <laughs> well, that's, that is the perfect, perfect line uh, to take us
2: into our uh, into our next break. I love that. That's a whole nother dimension to our conversation today. That is. Uh, Fantastic. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking with Marin Mazie and Jason Danieli about uh, facing cancer together, Broadway's golden couple. Um, we are going to take a quick break. We have uh, a lot more to talk about, so uh, don't go away. We will be right back.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the ASI Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia, Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america.
1: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community.
2: You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and today's episode is brought to you in part by Bristol-Myers Squibb. Celgene Corporation, EMD Serono, and Takeda Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tiboldo. With us today are Broadway stars, Marin Mazie and Jason Danielly, who have been sharing with us their cancer journey, giving us a patient's perspective, a caregiver's perspective, a family's perspective. I I, I can't believe we're nearly at the end of uh, today's episode. This has really flown by. Um, But uh, as all of our listeners know, I love music and uh, Mm -hmm. often talk about music on our show and uh, so, before we dive back in, I want to take a quick listen to Marin and Jason uh, singing uh, a duet. Listen to this, guys.
4: All this happiness, really from a glance in the park. So much happiness, so much love.
0: I thought I knew what love
4: was. I wish we might have met so much sooner. I, could
0: I have
4: thought given I knew you. what love was. I, I thought I knew how much I could feel. We lost. I didn't know what love, I've never was. Known love was, but, but now, now I, I do. do. It's what, what I, I feel do. with you.
2: And that was "Happiness" from "Opposite You," an album of duets by Marin and Jason. And we encourage our listeners to uh, uh, to check that out. Really, a uh, fantastic project. Um, Jason, have you found that certain songs and their lyrics have new meaning when you perform them now since this experience?
6: Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Maren and I have another show called He Said, She Said that we performed at the Cafe Carlisle in New York um, some years ago. And we were asked um, to perform it again uh, two nights ago at Caramore Music Festival up in Westchester, uh, New York. And uh, we hadn't touched it in a while, and it, it, we use standards and songs from Broadway uh, musicals to tell the story of how we met, doing a play off Broadway in 1996. And um, as we were singing these songs, uh, and uh, kind of we in our cabarets, we have uh, like to. Think of them more as like theatrical concerts, telling a story and using um, these songs uh, in a way to um, you know, hi- highlight um, moments. And we were singing and, and feeling like, gosh, those people feel like they are just a lifetime away from who we are now. And it, this year has really made a huge change in our life. Um, a lot of the songs that we have performed uh, in the past – um, take on a whole different meaning. A Marin a song that she's uh, uh, introduced in the musical Ragtime, Back to Before, uh, she has sung, and and it always takes on a different meaning, but uh, a more profound meaning, having uh, having gone through this. Uh, I think that's a real gift that we have. Is uh, is what we do singing uh, uh, singing um, brings. Us pleasure, but also um, provides a cathartic outlet um, to our emotions and what we're doing, and, and and also for the audience, I think as well. Um, yeah, I know Marion can speak to this as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking,
3: yeah, back to before, which is a song I, I sang in the musical. It's, as Jason said, Ragtime, my character, mother, another very strong woman, um, and I've sung it so many times over the years for different things, but. I sang it, um, I sang it with Jason. I did a concert in San Francisco in December, which was my first concert sort of post, uh, healing therapy and, um, post everything I'd finished, you know, healing therapy, surgery, more healing therapy. So I was, you know, done. And we were in San Francisco and I sang, I've always sung back to before this, the lyric is we can never go back to before. Um, uh, Lynn Aaron's and Steve Flaherty wrote from the musical ragtime. Um, and, uh, I had always sung it, you know, as the character, or then it was certain, about certain events or certain things, political or social or different things. And it was the first time I ever sang it about myself. And I was like thinking of it as Marin in, in my journey of what I'd just been through. And we can, it's about going forward in life you know and not being afraid and we can never go back to before so that that was pretty profound and there's another song that jason and i sing that steven sondheim wrote from the musical Sunday in the park with george called move on stop worrying where you're going move on if you can know where you're going you've gone just keep moving on um and uh that that song we also sang in that concert i think that 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 took on a whole that takes on a whole other meaning to us now too
2: so before we uh, get to the end of our show here, which we're unfortunately approaching uh, quickly, Marin, you just took over the lead role in, in a really lavish, spectacular Lincoln Center revival of The King and I. I know the show runs yeah. for over three hours. Your costumes require you to mm-hmm. sing in dresses, weighing 40 pounds, wearing a yeah. faucet. I mean, what was your first thought when this call came
3: offering you this part? Was there any hesitation oh. in your mind? There was no hesitation. <laughs> I was so thrilled to be able to, you know, say I'm going to get back to work. And also I felt like I really wanted, you know, now this is, this is m- me now in a, in a new way, and I want to be, and I, you know, what we're doing now, I, I, I want to be able to use the platform to talk about cancer and to talk about helping people through what they go through, through their journeys. And sharing our journey, and, and any way that that I can and that Jason can help uh, a community of people that now we are really a part of, and so that was the that was one of the major things that was exciting to me about getting back on stage. It was like, I oh, good, I can I can now, you know, maybe I'm going to help somebody. Um, I mean, I've always felt that we as artists, we you know we, um, as Jason said, we are able to share our gifts through song or through, through acting, through storytelling. And I believe it's storytelling that, that people come and gather, uh, and, and hopefully walk away with, with something, you know, and that's all, that's been a gift as an artist to be able to give that. And, uh, but now it's, it's even more that I can, that I could possibly just help somebody who is going through, going through what I went through or something similar It's is really a great gift. So that's what I considered the whole thing was like, "This is, man, this is a gift, and this is an opportunity for me that I have to grab onto."
2: And just quickly, Jason, were there any hesitations on your part about that?
6: No, um, not that I have any choice in the matter. <laughs> 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 I no, imagine she's talking not. About all these strong women characters that she plays, there's a, there's a reason because she's a strong woman. Um, <laughs> no, my it, it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm always probably more nervous for Marin, when I go to see her perform in a show than I am for myself when I'm on stage. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I say that she didn't just want to go back to Broadway. She had to, like, take one of the biggest... <laughs> roles for a female in musical theater canon and also work with th- like 13 kids. The only thing missing is a dog. So, um, she, you know, she's a, a champion disgusting. and, um, and it, it just brings me an incredible, um, joy, but I'm still am there with my, you know, my. Palm is sweaty my, my thighs <laughs> clenched.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, sharing your story with so much uh, uh, honesty. Um, I invite all of our listeners to follow Marin and Jason on Facebook, visit their websites to find out about upcoming concerts. They have performances coming up with the Boston Pops, the Barrington Stage Company. You can read Jason's blog, uh, the Daniele Digest, at uh, slash. Uh, blog. I want to remind folks that if you are dealing with cancer, uh, we are here for you at the Cancer Support Community. You do not have to face cancer alone. So visit our website at cancersupportcommunity.org or grab a pen. Uh, You can call our helpline right now at 888-793-9355 and talk to one of our great uh, counselors who can help you uh, navigate the cancer experience. Thank you again uh, for joining us. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo. Until next time, time be well do well live well
1: thank you for joining us for frankly speaking about cancer with your host kim Tibaldo. we're here for you every tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m pacific time and 4 p.m eastern time on the voice america health and wellness network In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org.